Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. find the sold out live show we are your hosts we're your hosts i'm kim france and i'm jen romolini hi everybody and jen is usually the crybaby look i'm shaking we're just in the back and we're like we can barely produce a podcast what made us think we could do a show what the fuck is wrong with us how are you doing? I'm good. You know, what I was going to say is that you were the crybaby. We know this. You're the acknowledged crybaby. Cried today at a John Legend um, cover band. But, <laughs> but this makes me want to cry. This is just seeing all of your beautiful faces out there and that you came here for this and skipped your Easter Sunday dinner. It was really a thing. It was like, it's Easter. Does anybody care? I don't know. Let's just do it. Let's see. Let's find out. Thank you so much for being here. Like, it means the world to us. Um, so I'm just going to tell everybody I'm hungover. Like, <laughs> I came into New York yesterday, right? And I was like, why am I a goblin? Like, all of a sudden, I got here and I was like, I, I need to have several drinks. I had three drinks two Capri cigarettes, french fries, and then I was like, New York is the island that makes you old for me. I woke up this morning and I was like, ah, I aged five years. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, so we're gonna just do our normal show here that we normally do, that's just guests. the two of us with guests. Um, anyway, and then I woke up and I was like, bitch, you're 50. Like, you can't do this shit anymore. Um, but speaking of being a bitch, We've been thinking a lot about being a bitch. Yes. And we think it's okay. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, I was thinking the other day, I was like, 
I think that I'm trying to fight my true nature too much. I think that I'm actually just total bitch and I just keep trying to fight it. I said something to my husband. I was like, he, he said something very sweet and I was like, oh God. And he was like, you're a bitch. And no, I was like, you're right. Here's the thing. We're not total bitches. We're both kind of a bitch. Kind of. You think that's the distinction? I do. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, or even bitchy. Let's even go with bitchy. Bitchy. Because you can be bitchy and not be a bitch. But I think that the whole thing is maybe it's okay. Like, maybe we're underrating bitches. <laughs> For sure. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, well, but I mean, sometimes when you hear the word bitch, like sometimes you think like a bitch is somebody who does something thoughtless and unkind to someone else. Yes. And I think that part of bitch, we just have to, we have to. No, we're not talking about being mean. I'm not talking, no, because that's a cunt. Not allowed to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cunt. I'm not talking about being a cunt. I'm talking about being a bitch. This is the difference. This, is the, this is the difference. Um, so how was your day? <laughs> My day, I woke up hungover without the benefit of having really had much to drink the night before. I felt awful and stayed in bed for hours. It was just one of those weird things, but I came out and I woke up this morning. I'm getting married in six days. Woo! Paul Green, want to wave? Kim's husband, everybody, almost, almost husband. Um, and I woke up this morning and I was like, wait, which thing is today? <laughs> which thing is today because everything with the wedding is very exciting it's we did it all very last minute but it's coming together and it's very exciting um and so today was good like i the big drama for me was that recently i decided that the dress i was going to wear to get married was not the dress i should wear to get married <laughs> Yeah, well, I know, I know. Let me tell you, everybody, the sigh that went through the room. This is, this is almost <laughs> as bad as when I was like, what's your something old? And you were like, underwear. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I understand how funny that sounded to everybody, but I did think that just when, when I thought, what will my old thing be? I was like, underwear. That's so it's, easy. I, my jaw dropped. I, I really... <laughs> Not um, like old, uh, fine underwear. Not I know, like I don't mean like, out. you're not wearing like your old period underwear to your wedding, like God for fucking bid, but like, yes, I understand. Or maybe you would, I don't know. Um, well, I was like a chihuahua with the Zooms today, walking through New York. Like I was just like, oh, I remember why I can't live here because it's like, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this. Oh, I'll go for a bike ride. Should I have some coffee? I don't know. It was a fucking disaster all day. And like, I just couldn't be chill because I was so excited to be here but also it's different being here now even though I lived here for a million years I'm like old now which is a totally different experience of being in the city just because people look at you in a different way or don't look at you at all and it was just like oh shit what am I I just felt like a ghost all day like I just felt like a weird middle and that's probably a little dramatic but I felt like a little bit a little bit like a weird middle-aged ghost today like that was my thing all right I'm flipping over to the next page what other okay. topics do I have um all right we've already covered you want to be a bitch oh this was the other thing I wanted to talk about this week I think that word games are a scam I don't think they make you any smarter I don't think my I, I, I you can ask you can ask Paul and Walden Green, his son, who is here, how much time I spend on word games. It's quite a lot. I'm not getting any smarter. No, I'm, get, I'm getting Wordle smarter. Like, yes. I don't use a do in real life. Like, that is not like a fucking, like, a thing. Do you, do you, do you go to the hints? No, there's hints? Oh, yeah. 
I didn't know there were You hints. can be genius every day. You can be queen bee every day. Wait, there wait, are wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the word scrambler. I gave up on that. Um, I'm like, no, oh, the, oh, I'm talking oh, about oh, spelling bee. I'm talking about scrambler. spelling bee. Wait, you're talking about spelling bee. I can't, I was just like too dumb for spelling bee. I'm spelling bee must be done. I'm I can't. too dumb for wordle. No, 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 no. You can get wordle smart. You can't get spelling bee smart. <laughs> But you can cheat on spelling but bee with the hints. I did not know that. You can look for both online. You could be like, give me today's answers. And sometimes I do that. I'm like, who am I cheating? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what am I, I doing with this? Um, but no, I don't think it makes you any smarter. I think that is like an old age. It's like, I guess I could play Sudoku. Like, where's my brain going to come back to? Like, when? what's going to bring it back? Oh, I don't I don't know. I, 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 I don't ever think in those terms. I just think what's gone is gone. That's it. That's it. You're like kind you're of. like that. Um, you're like that that big elephant in that in that children's movie with all the feelings. What is this? I don't even know what I'm talking <laughs> the about. Big elephant. It's like the big elephant, and he. You. That's where feelings go to die. What am I talking about? There's Amy Poehler's in it. What is the movie? Inside Out, thank you very much. Usually we would be looking this up and being like, we'll cut this later. But like, <laughs> no, we're in real fucking time. And yes, anyway, you're like that guy. There's like a land in Inside Out where like all your memories, like you just are, do not but no, know No, not my memories, my talents. My talents and my oh, skills. Oh, your skills and talents. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I Wait, aren't we supposed to get better with age? Isn't that what's supposed to happen? Getting better with it. Well, this brings us to one of our topics. Wait, what is one of our... Did we talk about this? I don't know. Things that get better with age. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for the prompt. Um, so, oh my God. I was like, should we recommend shows? Like, does this translate to a live audience? I don't know. Ah, okay. <sighs> okay. The other day, I was at home. And again, the paradox of choice. My husband was out of town. I was like, I can watch anything on television. This is amazing. And then I was like, I can't. What am I? I'm like in Hulu. I'm in Peacock. I'm in HBO Max. There's too much. There's too many choices. It's I'm going to cry. And then all of a sudden, I was like, all right, well, I'll watch Norm McDonald's talk show from 2018, as you do. Like, I don't know. <laughs> OK. So I was watching it. And I had to choose which one I was going to watch. And it was like, is it David Spade? Is it Drew Barrymore? Is it whatever? I was like, Jane Fonda. That's who I'm going to watch. Fine, fine, fine. And they basically fucked. I mean, they didn't. <laughs> they did not fuck in any way. But it was like kind of, they were like mentally fucking. And I was like, Jane Fonda's 80 in this. And Norm, Norm MacDonald is 50-something. And um, they had such incredible chemistry. And at one point, they kiss and she blushes and it was the wildest thing because it was watching an 80 year old woman feel all the feelings you could tell in the moment that she felt as like a 25 year old and he was watching it in real time I mean not real time because it's from 2018 and he's dead <laughs> but it felt like it for me and like at one point he would like turned his face to profile and she was like you look like Marlon Brando in profile oh god and at the end they legitimately kissed anyway I was like, I wish Norm MacDonald had lived because I think they'd be fucking today. I think they would be in fucking love. It was amazing to watch. So that is, um, we've only talked for four minutes. I don't know. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. That's the clock. It's like, this show, I don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> There are a lot of people in the audience, there and I said we just bring them up here one by one. One by one, one. that's it. Um, actually, what we're going to do now, because 
because this was our big segue. We don't have a producer. Have I said that? Um, this was our big segue. Our first guest is Kim's mom. Kim's mom, where are you? <laughs> This is Eve. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Let me get my notes. Hi. I'm so happy. We saw each other on the street, and I was like, hi, I know who you are. And Eve was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty great. I recognized your voice uh, because I just listened to you on the podcast. You recognized my southern voice? I did. I did. Your incredible southern voice. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, my first question is, what do you love most about Kim? That <laughs> <laughs> just made snot fly. <laughs> I'm thinking about hold that. Your face. Which way do I have to do Just hold it to your face. Hold it to my face. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's excellent. That's better. I think I love that uh, she is very thoughtful and that she is, I have used, if you'll excuse me, boys, they don't like when I do hippie kind of terms, but um, she's sort of an old soul. She has a great sense of, of some kind of knowledge that I can't articulate where she quite got it, but she has that. And uh, she has a wonderful sense of humor. And um, she's just a very interesting, an interesting person. She once said to me, it's difficult being Kim. And I didn't understand quite what she meant by that, but as I got older and realized how really complicated her emotions were and what her talent was and her intelligence was, that it was so different than the way I grew up and how I was. So I admire her a lot and I love her a lot. And you boys too. Same. Is Mike there too? Mike's there too. Oh my God! All your brothers are here. All my brothers are here. Wow. I can see him. Do you see? Do you see that your mom was like, "I also love you." Did you catch that? Did you? Well, there's a lot of talk. We know who the favorite of the family is. I, and we're not going to go there, are we? Oh. <laughs> no, not after you said so many nice things about me. You yes, get a pass. This is you not get a pass. Wait a minute. This is not Thanksgiving dinner. This is not Passover dinner. <laughs> so we are not bringing up our family issues. Oh my God! But are we not though? We're going <laughs> like, to spare everybody. No, I mean, come on. I've never seen this before live. Like, <laughs> um, no, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Um, so, so Eve. You are a role model for getting older to me and Kim, um, in part because you seem to have it together in a way we both feel we never will. Um, could you please uh, tell us again, I know you're a repeat everything is fine guest, but that was with another host. So I, I get to ask the same questions. Um, tell us the secrets of getting older. What's the secret of successful aging? That's an interesting question and something I guess I don't think about as I'm becoming 86 in two months. Uh, well, I, I think one of the things that, and, and I, I, I saw a documentary once about a woman who was 96, and she was in the fashion business, and uh, she had had an incredible life, and what she said was, and I very much believe it, you have to keep a sense of humor and you have to be curious. And I think those are two of the, the best ingredients 
for aging well. You must remain curious. I mean, every now and then I will just go through TV and watch every bit of junk that is the most popular thing in the country now, just because I want to know what other people are thinking, what people in different generations and different, and even different parts of the country. When I went out to Oklahoma to visit my grandson who was at Kenyon College in Ohio, it was just interesting being in Ohio and having feelings I had about the politics in the world and what was really, and and the kind of world in New York, which is so, um, I mean, I lived in, just I'll go back just a moment. Uh, Please do. Born in Brooklyn, moved to Houston at three, lived in Houston until I went off to college at the University of Wisconsin, married a Chicago man, then moved back to Texas, then moved to Philadelphia, then moved back to Texas, and then at 47 I moved to New York on my own, separated from my husband. And um, now, where was I going with this long tirade? You got me, Mom. Um, we're talking about curiosity. Uh, curiosity and, and, stay, and, and comedy. <laughs> curiosity and at sense 80, of humor. At 86, this does happen. But what I do it think... Happens gonna, it happens at 50. Because we're going to forget 59, my history. We all smoke pot. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if that was busting you. No. <laughs> what? She said we all smoke pot, so it's fine. Well, well, I do. <laughs> and, and now I'm glad we call it cannabis. It seems so much more approachable. It's, ele- it's elegant now. The first time I, I smoked was I was a young mother in Houston, Texas, in the suburbs. And I had um, a friend over who was very involved in art. And she had some friends who brought along. And they had some marijuana, which I had never smoked. And um, I still hear the Sereri bells, Soleri bells that I heard many years ago in the backyard of Houston. But then I didn't smoke it again for many, many years. And I don't want to go into a long thing. No, no I, oh, I'm enjoying this. I want all the history. I could, I could listen to you talking about smoking pot for like the next, the, or the remainder of our time, to be honest, Eve. Um, <laughs> But I, want to, but I want to bring something up. Go ahead. Because this is something that you recently did. You recently started going to therapy again. Yes. So that you could confront your mortality. Yes. I, I'm a big believer that you live more fully if you're not denying that we are mortal. If you can't finally come to that decision, you know that there's a time to live, a time to die, a time to weep phone back up, time to reap, a time to sow, that that one prayer has always stuck with me because you we're just part of the process. You know, you walk down the street in New York on any day, there could be 100 people on that street and we are all going the same place. So I did decide to take a philosophy class and I did decide to go back to a therapist, not because I wanted to look at my past. I have looked at it ad nauseum over the years, but because uh, I would like to have some grace and I don't want to say dignity. I would like to have some grace that when I am finally dealt with the thing that is going to make me die, that I will... uh, be able to understand that and accept that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very critical to me um, because then I think you do live more fully. And I will say this, I, I was single for 17 years and I married a man and had a wonderful relationship for 15 years with him and then he died eight years ago. And these eight years, which I married him at 62, which is another good story, all of you, you never know where you're gonna meet someone. 
It can even be your, rip, your rep sitting next to someone on an airplane, and lo and behold, you have a husband. Uh, <laughs> but um, um, the years since my husband died have been good years for me because I, I know the value of friendships, and I have always loved women. Um, I mean, I certainly have my... I, have, I like men, too, but in terms of from the time I was a little girl, my girlfriends were the most important thing in the world to me. So I, I have made friends in New York in the 35 years I've been here, and I think it's important to see them. Um, I can be alone a lot. And that, that was the other thing. All of a sudden in my life, after being married twice, even to a, you know, two husbands that I cared about a lot, all of a sudden I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> and there was something very exhilarating about that. That's not for every woman, but for, for me that works. So I, I keep very active and, uh, and I, can, I can be alone. My dog and I can just have a lot of good dates. <laughs> I'll say two good, things of, two good things about being 85. One thing is that anytime someone is giving you some flack that you're talking to on the phone or you can't get through to someone, you say, I'm 85 and I wondered if you could please help me. And I, and I get a little bit tentative in my voice. And I mean, American Express, they keep thanking me for belonging for over 60 years. <laughs> And the other very liberating thing about this age is all your, that drive you have, that ambition, that need to know some people, the people that you hang on to who you really don't want to hang to, all of a sudden you really don't care. Your ambitions levels, if you've passed that need to be someone to achieve something, and you've held on to people that you've held on to for whatever the reason. So, if you look at it positively, it's not all bad being 85. <laughs> now, can I ask you a question? Because you, you're good at something I don't think I'm very good at, which is making new friends. You make new friends everywhere you go. How Maybe do you, she's more likable than you. Well, For sure, 100%. I'm sorry, but you is know. That I mean, I have a hard time making friends, too. Uh, she doesn't. I, I like people. I mean, I like people, and, and, and I'm interested bitches, in people. Exactly. What? I'm sorry, I said, you like people, and we're bitches. Exactly. That's why we haven't. Yeah, I like people that are bitchy, and I'm bitchy sometimes. <laughs> I wouldn't say bitchy is my strong suit. I'm not basically a bitchy woman, but I can be, I can be bitchy right there. No, I, I like people, and I'm really, really interested in people. Um, I know sometimes you'd get annoyed at me if we'd be someplace and you'd be talking to someone. You'd say, why are you talking? To Michael, you would do the same thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I do, I do like people. And, but well, that's only she's very fair. She's very fair. She's trying to distribute the attention. Even though you're on stage, <laughs> she's still trying to distribute the attention. It's such a mom move. It's amazing. <laughs> um, wait, I want to ask you, Eve, important because you know this is I think in some ways a marriage themed episode <laughs> somehow I think um, what's the secret to a happy marriage you had a ha really happy marriage for 15 years what was well, the I secret? Well I can't tell you because at 21 I knew nothing right. and I fell madly in love with a man who had many wonderful qualities but we were both married too young and we were both very different with the second love I learned how to be a wife I really learned how to be a wife and what it meant to be a couple because I had a mother and father who were not so very close and with my husband it was hard also, my first husband. So um, 
I, I think meeting Howard was just lucky. I mean, I was so lucky. I don't know how to tell a young woman in college or someone who's 25, 26, how do you judge if this is just really going to work for you? I think certainly friendship and having things in common that you like to do together is, is important. But um, never, never underestimate a little luck. <laughs> But what about like um, you know because there's there's so much that goes this is not just about meeting the person but there's so much that goes into you know making a relationship communication um, fighting how do you fight so I mean here is your daughter about to get married for the second time um, and what what would you say to her and Paul like what would you say in terms of like well they how do seem they to it? have that they seem to see have they it. seem to have that because when she went out the first night she said this one's going to stick I think and. Uh, they they do share things in common. Yeah. She wrote about music a lot in the early years. He is a musician. Yep. They both had parents that had some problems with alcohol. That was a connection. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Why are Anything you laughing? Goes. No, it's, not, it's nothing I haven't talked about. It's fine. Okay. My father was an alcoholic. And but anyway, um, I... I, I I don't know the quite, except you have to really pay attention. Yeah. And you have to want to be a couple, and I really wanted to be a couple with Howard. Yeah. And I really learned about being it. I don't think I taught it so well to my children because my first husband and I, were, were, we were very, very different. Yeah. So I don't think they had the advantage of learning. To, it helps a lot if you see a happy couple yeah. in marriage. If your parents have been happy or your grandparents, that's a real heads up for you, I think. Yeah. Um, and before we go, um, or before we finish the interview, I just want to say to you, like a lot of people get into a panic around, this is a show for women over 40, and around 40, a lot of women get into a panic, like, oh my God, I'm getting so old, what's happening, my face is getting fucked up, my neck's turning into a, a skin scrunchie, you know, as I've said before, you know, everything, just like, what, I'm gross, I'm old, um, I'm scared. What would you say to them? I mean, you're, you're, you're past that initial fear and you're in a different stage. What would you say to a woman who was like, I feel worried about getting older. I feel like I'm going to be irrelevant and invisible and all of these fears. What would well, you say? Well, well I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure because um, I, I don't know. And I'm not sure that I can, can answer that because I think the dating game... I did it. I tried, after I my husband died. I said I got to try this because in my curiosity, I thought, what's this whole thing about? And I, I met a doctor and I met a lawyer. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> the two of them cured me from wanting. I had one great husband. I had another husband that I, I loved, and I thought I don't want another man. So I know the dating games are hard, and you've got to put up with a lot of a lot of frogs. <laughs> Even a couple of snakes, but anyways, I, I don't, I don't but know. I think, I think, I think, I think what you are a living example of curiosity. I think it's everything you've already said. I think that what happened was the reason you can't answer this is because I've asked a question that you have already answered. Well, but what I think is, in reality, you have to get really in love with yourself, <laughs> or at least to like and forgive yourself. Let's forget love. At least yeah. forgive yourself. <laughs> and if you can do that and structure on what interests you and what your life would be like if you never meet another man, and then go about trying to achieve that, whether it's through women, friends, or traveling, or another career. Um, I think work on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Mom. Thank you so much.
see the favorite just got up to make sure that she was okay getting off the steps, and that's why he's the fa- that's why he's the favorite. I mean, really, this should have just been all the Francis. Like, that's what I really wanted this show to be. Um, okay, so it's just us again, but just for a minute. Um, I let's take a quick break for some ads. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And we're back. <laughs> I have to put it in there. <laughs> oh, we, we actually do have to put yeah, it in there. Yeah, we have to put it in there. <laughs> I did. Um, so this portion of the show is all about all of you. We want you to. Uh, we decided that you could ask us questions now for the next twenty minutes. Um, I think there's a mic somewhere, or maybe I just pass it around. What do I do? Hello, someone from the club. Um, I have a mic. If we want to just pass it, if anybody has any questions, we would love to answer your questions. And if not, this was going to be a really short show. <laughs> um, here, we can pass it into the, into the lane. I don't know what I'm, no, I'm not, I'm just standing here. <laughs> okay, ask a question. Sari Botten, what's the question? Oh, wow. Um, oh my God, Sari Botten, hi! Oh, hi! Hi! Okay, Sari Botten, Oldster Magazine. Oldster Magazine, <laughs> <laughs> And you said my name right. Thank you. I say it wrong all the time, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, all right. First, my question is, can I have Eve take the Oldster Magazine questionnaire, please? Of course. <laughs> I, I, I will answer for her. Okay, good, good. Um, all right, so let's see. What's a good question for you guys? Um, let's hear about um, how you guys met. I mean, maybe you've already talked about that before, but... I will tell you how we met. Um, I was working at Lucky, and I was told by David Carr, who was the then media columnist at the New York Times that the coolest person working at Lucky was Jennifer Romolini, and I probably didn't even know who she was because she was just working in fact-checking, but that was true. So I like kept my eye out for this Jennifer Romolini and eventually identified her, and I was like, she's cool. Like, She is she cool. She actually is kind of cool. And um, we just, you know, I, I didn't and hang you out. you fired me. <laughs> I mean, you did fire me. You had to fire me. I was fucking up. It's true. You did fire me, though. Continue. I didn't fire her. You 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> she was did. fired. You were fired on my watch. You so were. Yes. Okay, fine. On my you watch, did, you were you fired. Didn't, no, you didn't actually bring me in the office and say you were fired. You I know. And then said, what did I say to you? What you actually said was, you're going to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I said. No, you said, listen. You said, I could... <laughs> You said, I could stop this firing, but I don't think I'm going to because I don't think you really want this job. And you were right. And I wound up becoming an editor, and then you brought me back as an editor. Then I brought her back. And you brought me back when Condé Nast HR said that I would never be an editor at uh, Condé Nast. I didn't have the right pet. Yeah. They, I had been, I had, I mean, I was... I was like such an ambition monster, obviously, and I just was like in HR all the time when I was a fact checker. Like they knew me. They were like, you again, you know. And I, they told me every time, you don't have the right resume, you don't have the right clips, you don't, you're like too senior to come in as an assistant, but you're too junior to come in as an editor, and like we don't hire people like you, basically. And then you hired me as an editor. Yeah. So, so basically, you've changed my life twice. Aww. You have. Can I, can I ask a bonus question? Yeah. Yes. So you guys are obviously good friends and also great collaborators professionally. How do you guys um, manage, like, how do you work out any conflicts between the two of you? Because I know that, like, that's a really hard thing between friends. I, you know, I've really struggled with it in my friendships. Like, how do you deal, do you, do you bring up stuff that's difficult? Do you let it roll? Do you, what, does it fester? How do you guys... Uh, manage conflict we're we're really nice to each other we're just we're I, I think you know when we worked together and Romolini became my friend and then things got sloppy because you can't play favorites when you're a boss even though bosses do we used um, to smoke cigarettes in her uh, bathroom next in to my bathroom office. at the office because it was so ventilated Except you nope. always say that, and I came out smelling like smoky pig pen, <laughs> <laughs> and we like the whole the whole office knew. But continue. But we had I think no. We right. had we had the, the experience of working together because we we absolutely like fell in love with each other. Yeah. We loved each other so much. But I was I was the boss, and Jen was an editor, and Jen was more of a wild card for sure than she is now. And <laughs> That's euphemism much like what are you talking no, about? No, you were you were like no, I, I was, have to tell was, you to yeah. slow your roll. You did. The roll needed I to was, be slow. I was really aggressive. I was really aggressive. She was a little aggressive, but but so that caused some tension yeah. and there were there was a time when it became clear that we can't be friends cuz cuz it it just it didn't work. I couldn't be her friend and then also come down on her. That's right. That's and right. And so actually we had like a long period I didn't know when she moved to LA. And we were completely out of touch. And then I'd go to LA and I'd get in touch and Romolini and I would make plans. And then she'd be like, I can't do it. I blow you off. She'd blow me off every time. And I understand now why that happened. Yeah. Because I think you were like, I don't want to see Kim until I'm doing really, really well. And then you were like, oh, finally, you were like, oh, yeah, Kim's just doing OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what am I so worried about? No, I mean, look, like you were a hero of mine. And then working for you, and I didn't eat, and that was like, you know, it was a den of bitches, like, speaking of bitches, like, it was tough working at Condé Nast, and you did bring me in as an editor, but maybe I shouldn't have been an editor at a women's fashion magazine, is the truth. And then it was, like, hurtful, because we were such good friends, and you had to come down on me, and so, like, you know, when I, when I left, I was like, I, I needed to cool off, but also, I needed 
you were my boss hero. Like it was hard for me to negotiate. But in answer of your question, in terms of being collaborators, we've always had incredible um, creative symmetry. Always like, and that was what was hard about the job because I knew what you wanted. Like I always knew because we just we understood each other. We understood each other almost from minute one. And it's like, you know, if this episode is actually about love, I mean, ours is a pretty great love story. Like I, you know, now we don't really have conflict, creative conflict, because we fucking agree on most everything, and we are nice to each other, and we go out of our way to be nice to each other. No, it's really true. We 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 we. We, we, I think we knew from when we met each other that we had a special friendship and it wasn't always clear that that special friendship was going to work out. That's right. And we were out of touch. And then during COVID, we started um, Zooming. Yeah, and I liked you so much. And then when you asked me to do the show, I was like, all right, all right, I don't know how this is going to go, but let's fucking try it out. <laughs> let's see what fucking happens. <laughs> And it's, it, 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 it is like the, doing the podcast. We, we usually don't talk during the week because we want to be fresh when we're recording. Because if we talk too long, then we have nothing to say on air. So we like save it up. Like even we'll be on the, we'll be on the phone. And I'll be like, no, save it. Stop. T- don't tell me that story because I won't be able to react fresh. Um, but yeah, no. And if we do have conflict, I think that I honestly think I'm more mature with you than I am with almost anybody else in my life. Like if I'm feeling like there's, we kind of just give each other space. It's. It works. Yeah, it really works. So thank you for asking that. That was a really nice question. Thank you for being put on the spot, sir. Uh, I'm happy to. Anybody else have questions? I've got Anyone a microphone. I see Walden has, is raising his hand. Oh, no. We, okay, who is? Oh, yes, no. please. Wait, no, we're gonna, bringing the mic. He's bringing the mic. Okay. They're bringing the mic. <laughs> Hi. Uh, for, I came in a few minutes late, so forgive me if you already answered this. This we is probably for- didn't answer <laughs> shit. Don't worry. <laughs> this is for Kim. And I'm just curious, you know, you've been married once before. And I'm 42 and newly single. And I've been married once before myself. And I just don't know if I'd ever want to get married again. What prompted you to want to get married again? That's such a good question. Paul Green. Oh, but he did like I, I I was not really thinking like this is a thing I want to do again um, but I think when we got together it was clear to us that we wanted to be together for the rest of our time here and um, I I think I wanted I think in part because it worked out so poorly the first time you know I wanted to and I've seen marriages that I really believe in and think work i want i i wanted that i wanted that kind of commitment with another person and i didn't think i was going to necessarily want that again if that makes sense yeah um yeah maybe it's a crazy idea honey (laughs) no but the second marriage is better because i mean you know the second second marriage is better i've been married twice it could suck and still be better than my first exactly that's the thing that's the thing because the first marriage is just like you know, <laughs> I know get the fuck out of here. Oh. No, it either works or it doesn't. Exactly. We both, we both figured out pretty quickly. Yeah, in exactly. our first marriages. So thank you for that question. And you have a question too. Yeah. 
Oh, no, no I think the mic is right there. Oh, right. oh God. Thank you. Um, hi, hi. Hi. Um, so I, I actually bought four tickets to this because I love you guys and I listen. And I was so excited when you announced your live podcast. And then I went to my friends. My friend, I would love for you to talk more about your friend group problem that you had oh. last week because I totally identified. I made my daughter listen. Um, so I talked to my friends about this and I was trying to get people to come. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll check it out. And I, I sent your podcast and they all came back and they're like, well, it's Easter. And um, so no. The, the whole Easter thing is right? so bad of um, us. And I said, but it's a morning holiday. I think you said that. Yes. <laughs> I did. Which we may have, in, which we may have we invented. Thought we might right? be wrong. But it I is. I've said it like 20 times since you said it. <laughs> but anyway, that's not my question. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, Easter's but, not but, a morning the, holiday. So I was wrong. So the silver lining is I brought my daughter with me. Aww. And I... I could not have imagined a better topic of conversation than today's podcast for somebody who is, she's about to graduate from college next month. She's 21. So my question is, what advice, and she's going to be a creative, probably. Oh, Sorry. Um, <laughs> so my advice, or my, my, I can't give her advice. So my question for you is, what advice would you give your 21-year-old self who is about to embark on a life of creativeness? Never stop making shit. Just never stop making shit. I, I really, I really think the, the the biggest regret I have in my life, and I I, I made a I made a turn for money at a certain point, and um, I I stopped making stuff, and I I felt such an intense sort of soul rot from that, um, and now I'm in a position where you know. I don't have the same kind of financial security I had when I was like a corporate person doing corporate things. And I was really fucking good at it. And that's like a weird thing when you're good at something and they'll pay you a lot of money and you hate it. Like, this is the worst. And I'm now in a position at 50 that I'm making more things than I've ever made in my life. And I love it so much that I'm so, I won't ever let anybody take it away. Even if I don't get paid for it, even if it's not how I don't make money. I now have a regular creative practice and I'll never give it up again. It was it was the biggest mistake I made giving it up and I, I won't I won't do it again. So that's my advice, don't stop making shit. That's really good. I can't I sometimes Jennifer just knocks it out of the park so thoroughly that Occasionally. I cannot add anything. If you talk I mean, all the time, you're gonna hit it once in a while. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean, I think an important thing is, like, if you're going to be creative, creatively ambitious, you're still going to have to deal with workplaces, and you're still going to have to deal with bosses. And um, knowing what you don't know is really important, and acknowledging what you don't know, I think, when you're starting out, and not making excuses for things, and just, you know, being open to what's about, you know, what's happening um, is really important. And it's going to be a rocky road. Like it's. I mean, it's been. I have no idea if this is what. I have no idea if how specifically you are about creative things or whatever. But just generally, like, it's going to be a rocky road, and like, accept that. But like, it's also going to be an exciting and not boring slog. Like, that's the best thing about being an artist of any stripe is like your life is not is unconventional, right? And then sometimes you're like, why is my life so unconventional? I can't believe it. I just wanted to be normal, but I would rather be dead. Like, it's. Really Really complicated but it's gonna be rocky but that's it's supposed to be rocky like and it's okay because it all works out that's my best advice 
Okay, so first of all, I'm such a fan girl, so I'm so sorry, right? Like, but you guys are amazing. So amazing. Um, okay, so I'm 42. I've been separated for two years. I'm in a new relationship, right? I brought him. So this is like the guy. Oh my God, a man. I, yeah, a man is here. He's so a amazing. man is not related to us. Yeah, I know, right? So we always talk about, like, because he's divorced as well, right? So we're, like, on this new venture. And so it's kind of a question for both of you because you're in, like, a solidified marriage. You're, like, on a new, like, venture, right? Like, what do you think, like, keeps it going for, like, the long haul? Like, how do you transcend just, like, being together, like, through all of the stuff, right? Jesus. Um, I know. It's like it, it's no, hard. No, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's it's so weird because I, you know, there are times where I wish that I wanted to get a divorce because marriage is so hard. And there are times where I'm like, oh, God, if we could just split up. Because like, it's, it's so difficult to be with one person. It's unnatural. Monogamy is ridiculous. Like, the whole thing is so stupid and the patriarchal trap and all of it, blah, blah, blah. And then I just love my husband so much. Like... I like him, I respect him, I think he's smart, I think he's interesting, I think he's funny. I want to see and experience life with him because I married someone who inspires me in so many ways and who's also a person who's changing too and is willing to change. I think that if he was just the same man he was when he was 27 and when I first met him, when he had Eminem like blonde tips and wore sweatbands like as a real style choice. And I was like, that, that's for me. Um, but, but no, I, I think that it ultimately it's that he's a man of immense integrity and he's, for me, he aligns with me. We're creative. We talk about work together. We talk about life together. He makes me laugh. We're compatible. I mean, when I think about, you know, nobody's going to give you, no person is going to give you everything in this life. That's that's this fucking stupid myth of marriage. Like, oh, it's my person. But like, he fills up a lot of those. He checks a lot of boxes, you know? And I think if you can find someone you love that much, you're lucky. And I, I think that I recognize that I'm lucky. And I, I don't think of, of my relationship as disposable. And I think, you know, that helps me through the hard times. And there are fucking so many hard times. Oh, so many. I, mean, I was going to kind of say the same thing. It helps if you're delighted by each other. Yes. Yeah. It just helps. Like, if in the end, like, when a thing happens, they're the person you still want to tell. That's right. That's right. And then I think you can get through a lot of the boring and difficult shit. No, I'll tell you, I went to Iceland um, last year to write my book, and it was right at the end of the tail end of the pandemic. And during the pandemic, my husband wrote two books, and he went outside to the garage at 8 in the morning. During the pandemic, we have a child. He went outside to the garage at 8 in the morning, then he came back in like an old-timey like man on business with his lunchbox at 6 p.m. for dinner, right? And the resentment in me was just, I was my, my heart was, I was a cauldron of, of rage. And so I went away to Iceland to write this book, because I was like, fuck you, I'm taking a month, and I'm going to do my own stuff. And I did it thinking and he was like look if just work you don't have to talk to me I I get it like this is your time to work just take this month I I called him every day I FaceTimed him every day at least once I'd be like oh my god you don't understand there's a lake here you know like it was ridiculous and so that's the thing 
I love you guys. <laughs> Okay, um, and we, I, we got one more thing. We got one more thing. We got Amy Rigby. Amy Rigby is a singer, songwriter, author. She was in the band The Shams, which many of you may remember from the 90s. She has been a solo artist since then. She wrote a wonderful book called Girl to City. Um, and she's going to come up and sing a song or two for us now. verge of tears like the whole night. I just love these two women so much and uh, whoever just got up and spoke, I kind of feel the same way. Um, it's just like being part of your friendship is just, I don't know, it's real and I really appreciate you. Thank you. Another thing I love about the show is, you know, I used to read women's magazines and now they don't really speak to me or, I don't know, I just don't find myself by a newsstand. Do they still exist? There are no more newsstands. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I just, you know, like I love to, you know, like hear you talking about makeup and clothes and, you know, I'm wearing my Jones Road mascara and, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> It really, I've kind of gone, you know, and then you kind of, and then Kim pivoted to, to uh, Kush, milk. You know what? I, I pivoted and I didn't like it. I it's didn't not as like good. It, it was not as good. And I came back to no. Jones Road. Anyway. Same. So, same, Amy. Exactly same. I've been so, meaning to um, give you shit about that. So uh, I, I was going to just do a, a song. This one's for Jen. Uh, for, um, this is for Jen. And it's a little bit of a, a fashion, uh, hair and fashion song. I need something to hide behind Give me a curtain of my own I want bangs <laughs> Give me bangs 24-7 cool factor Just call me Jeannie Ramone I need bangs Give me bangs We'll make a pact, style treaty. Come on and cut me like Warren Beatty in shampoo. I'll play Julie Christie for you in my bag. Bags. Hey, make them swinging like Nico's before the heroin days. I want bangs, give me bangs. Keep your Ann Taylor and Chico's, I didn't come here to play. See my bangs, give me bangs. Don't call it fringe, that's way too tasteful. I want a channel. Merry and faithful tonight Girl on a motorbike In my bangs I want bangs But once you go bangs You can never go back 
Once you go bangs, you can never go back. You know that once you go bangs, you can never go back. Once you go bangs, you can never go back. Give me bangs. I want bangs. Fully owned, Amy. Fully owned. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to do uh, one more. This is for Kim. And um, I met Kim years ago when she was a music writer. And we, we tooled around in Texas um, with my band, The Shams. And, and, um, and then you wrote about me for Spin Magazine. And uh, I posted this photo <laughs> on Instagram the other day. Um, from this amazing, like there was like a photo shoot with like a hair and makeup and lunch for free. Um, it was like the music business in the 90s. It was amazing, but it was such a, it was a wonderful interview and you came and hung out with me and my daughter in, in Williamsburg when, you know, nobody would want to go to Williamsburg back then. Um, but anyway, this is, uh, this is uh, for Kim and thanks so much for doing this and for having me and I'm going to be keep listening. Summertime in 83, the year that we made history, but didn't have the energy to tell a soul except you and you and me Selling off fiesta plates Eight loaves of bread and gain no weight from Pecan waffles on the roof The summer of my wasted youth Summertime in 83 the last time I took LSD but listening to Patsy Cline and Skeeter Davis really blew my mind. Played the boombox in the courtyard, never used a credit card still, took a trip by a Greyhound bus the summer I believed in us. Push plaster cows down city streets Wore thrift store skirts with little pleats Smoked pot and sat around all day Bought a guitar But didn't try to
the summer of my wasted youth. The summer of my wasted for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. <laughs> I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. Thank you all so Thank much you. for coming. This meant the world to us. Oh, we're going to the dancer after this if anybody wants to get a drink. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.